two, three. I never get tired of listening to Todd Rundgren. Too bad we can't play the whole song. It's Broker Talk, the number one weekly real estate podcast hosted by industry experts. We are socially distancing and broadcasting once again from the top of the Castle's Unlimited Space Needle in Boston, Massachusetts. You can listen to our past shows when you go to broker-talk.com. Broker Talk is sponsored today by the mighty Realtors of Castle's Unlimited and the Savage Wiener Gourmet Steak Hot Dogs. Larry. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, Jim. I'm excited about our fall weather. Uh, you probably saw that uh, real estate uh, last month from the the, the uh, uh, stats came out and it was a gangbuster month again last month. Lots going on, but we've got a great show lined up uh, with us today. We've got another fantastic coach and he's not just a real estate coach. Uh, he uh, also is a coach with the Tony Robbins program. And anybody who understands mindset and, and how to get the most out of yourself would realize that this would be a, a unique position. Welcome aboard, Brian Moses. Thanks for having me, Larry and Jim. I appreciate it. Well, it's great to have you here. Um, you know, we have so many different coaches on here and, and we had a conversation earlier today and I, I'm always kind of interested because coaches come in all breeds. And I just read, I don't know if you know Walter Sanford out of somewhere, he's in Ohio or somewhere like that. He was a big San Diego guy. Um, he just sent me something um, and there were 2000 coaches that were uh, studied about how the business has changed during the coronavirus time. Um, I didn't get to fully read it, but did you, you probably participated. Uh, did you get a chance to look at those stats? I, ha I haven't seen it, Larry. I, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Walter. Um, I went to a Mike Ferry program in the early nineties and Walter was there and, you know, there was a big, circling of real estate agents around picking Walter's brain. And I was one of them. Uh, so that goes back some 30, almost 30 years ago. He was a character. He is a character. Uh, he had great rapport, but he was a sales guy. For you sure. know, he was a sales guy and his books were, were interesting. They're a little bit dated right now, but if you're, if your book is over than a month old now, it's kind of dated the way that uh, the business has changed. Are you changing the way that you coach right now? Well, certainly I had to cancel six events this year that we had scheduled around the country, including a three-day in Boston. Um, so, yeah, we're doing much more virtual uh, engagement with brokerages and companies. All of my coaching is done and has been done through Zoom. So that hasn't changed too much. But the live events, I do miss those because they're they're different and you can engage and interact with the audience um, much better and more efficiently than you can on Zoom where I'm looking at you and I don't see Jim unless I'm looking at Jim, but in an, in an audience, you can see everybody. 
I'm yeah. Good. I'm doing this. It just makes my face look slimmer. Because <laughs> half of it's gone. <laughs> Try and stay with us, okay? <laughs> Hopefully um, we'll be back to live events soon. Hopefully, God willing. Yeah, I'm 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 hearing next summer is what I've been hearing. I mean, we're live because we're real estate agents and we gear up and, and all that kind of stuff. Um you asked me an interesting question earlier today, and I want to uh, kind of throw it back. Um, Jim, let me ask you, which is more important? Because all coaches kind of teach both skills and mindset and motivation and um, uh, techniques, and, and they give you systems. Accountability. Accountability is the most important to you. How about between skills and motivation? Um, hmm. Good question. Which is more important? Yeah, I mean, well, I I think if someone is motivated, they're going to get the skills. So probably motivation. Yeah, Um, uh, I had that conversation and I I, uh, that was my answer. Um, uh, What do you have to say? Well, he set you up, Jim. I did. I did. It wasn't a fair question, but I share. So so what is the fair question? Well, the answer is skill trumps motivation 100% of the time. And I didn't learn that, you know, when I got into real estate, I was highly motivated. In my first year, I made $18,000. I worked seven days a week, nights, weekends, and holidays. And my dad told me that I needed to get some skills. He was a plumber and a tradesman, and he said he could teach me how to plumb a house, but not do the electrical. But if you apply that question to anything, Skill trumps motivation. If we get on an airplane out of Logan, Massachusetts today, do you want a motivated pilot or a skilled pilot? If there was a bomb under our chair and we had four minutes to deactivate it, do we pull the red wire, the blue wire, the yellow wire? We're motivated to save the world, save our life, save the building, pull the wrong wire, you're dead. Same is true in real estate, I've learned. And when I learned that motivation wasn't enough, and, you know, I don't know who said this, but there are a lot of motivated um, people out there that are struggling, that are challenged. And it's not that, uh, you know, and then that one last example is my son's, you know, at a prep school wanting to play college football. He's a 5'9 on his tippy toes quarterback. If you're under six feet, it's a death sentence. He's, you know, a great, great athlete. He's had coaching since he was a young kid, developing the skills and the intangibles and the things that he can do. Currently, he's got offers from several colleges around the country, and that's unheard of. It's not because he's motivated, but it's because he's skilled. So Larry set you up on that one. But if you want to excel in anything in life, you can, in real estate, there's skills to generate leads. It, it's it's a story of my life. I, I will usually get the wrong answer if it's of of, of two possible. Hey, I, I gave myself up. I had the wrong answer earlier today. <laughs> you know what? So uh, we're well. I was just thinking, someone who's not motivated isn't going to get the skills, yeah. and they're not going to succeed. Yeah. Someone who's motivated will find a way to get the skills. But you're right. Not everyone who's motivated knows that they actually need skills. How many times have we heard from someone, oh, I've been in the business for 20 years, you know, speaking to someone who's hitting it out of the park after six months and talking down to them, 
Meanwhile, the person who's been doing it for 20 years has been doing it wrong for 20 years. Right. Yeah, great analogy, Jim. Possible. I mean, not all of them. Right. Everyone uh, does it wrong, but a lot of people do. Yeah. Well, um, most agents, I mean, the, the barrier to entry to get into real estate is so is so low. And when you have your license, so many people have licenses and do one deal a year. That's not being in this business. A lot of people who do zero deals a year. And yeah. I don't understand why they keep their licenses. I don't understand why they pay for MLS and board dues. It makes no sense to me. Do you know that it's to be a pet groomer, you need 900 hours of training. <laughs> to be a realtor, you need 40. In Massachusetts. Go yeah. yeah. So, you know, you want to cut your uh, dog or cat's nails or groom them 900 hours to get licensed. And you want to sell real estate 40 hours you're in. And that's why there's hundreds of thousands of agents in some markets. Atlanta has over a, Atlanta, not the state of Georgia, has 100,000 real estate agents. They're like cockroaches in, you know, <laughs> God knows the hot summer streets of Boston, perhaps, but behind New the rest of New York, New York. So they're everywhere. Um, and it's really important to differentiate yourself in that in and of itself is a skill. Yeah. Yeah. Unique selling uh, proposition, unique value proposition is one of the early things that you have to understand who you are and what you are and what you uh I heard an, uh, a thing about how to find your unique value. Uh, Brian, I, I wanted to share it with you because it was taught to me and, and um, I don't know how good this is, but it's it, you were supposed to go and ask three people you know, three people you worked with, uh, three family members, and three people, uh, random people who may know you, may not know you, what how they see you. What, oh, give me three um, descriptions of you smart uh funny uh um uh ethical moral whatever it is and then what you do is you look at those and the ones that that are most often mentioned by them that is probably what how you present yourself is that a, a fair way to go and because not everybody knows who they are what they are yeah. i think that's probably a great exercise and probably pretty accurate but um you know, when it comes to presenting yourself to the public, we were talking earlier, I think we need to be bilingual and we need to learn multiple languages. We need to learn the language to attract buyers and sellers too often in this industry. And I'm very opinionated as I shared with you, but I've been through the trenches 30 years now, lots of experiences, lots of hard knock lessons. Um, but real estate agents are taught to talk to people, go talk to people. You're, you're a great people person. You're going to do great in real estate and throw more stuff against the wall. And we talk to people, we door knock, we cold call, we farm, we drop off pumpkins, tell people you're the neighborhood specialist. Are you thinking about selling? And they say, no, the secret sauce is not talking to people. It's talking to buyers and sellers. And if you can learn a language of attraction, of lead generation, of getting the phone to ring, where they seek you out when they were about to list with their neighbor because their neighbor's a realtor, or they were about to list with 
their daughter at school's mom who's a realtor because everybody knows five or six or 10 realtors because they're everywhere. Yeah. So what do you say to differentiate yourself? So unique selling proposition you talked about. The message needs to match the market. Um, in marketing, that's called market to message match. And then we need to learn to convert that call to an appointment or that inquiry and then how to acquire the client. So those are the three languages that right. I, I coach agents to master. Well, I, I think one of the real things that differentiate you is you you um, uh, have a skill at getting people to call, the right people to call. And that's a differentiation, I know. Transactional um, uh, coaching or relationship coaching. Uh, there are two kinds of people out there, the people that just want to hammer away and get more deals done and then people that want to, you know, um, make friends and also get a deal done. Is, uh, do you coach both, both types of people? Sure, both of those are important, but I would <clears> say <throat> that one's even more important that it wasn't mentioned and that's benefits, benefits articulation. Because if I can articulate benefits to the person I'm speaking to, I'm going to build the relationship and I'm going to get the transaction. So I've always put myself in the prospect shoes and say, what's important to this person? And then how can I articulate a message to give them what they want? We were talking earlier, you know, my wife, like many, not all, but she likes the diamonds and the travels and the vacations. And she likes to live a nice life, as do I. But I'm not really into diamonds. I don't own any. But if I asked my wife, hey, honey, our anniversary, by the way, is coming up next week, 24 years. And if I were to say, hey, I want to get you some diamonds, she'd go, what? Like I'm talking her language. I would have her attention. But if I say, hey, you want to go to the Celtics game or you want to go catch a basketball game? I'd be like, Janet, I'm talking to you. It'd go in this and out the other. So if you can do that in anything that you sell or promote, your response will go through the roof. And I don't care who you are. You could be the worst agent on the planet. If I put you in front of 10 sellers, you're going to get lucky and you're going to do well. And then if we can teach you the skills in front of them, you'll do even better. Ryan, are you, is your wife um, carnivorous or a vegetarian? She's carnivorous. Oh, excellent. So we're going to do some commercials. Uh, actually, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> oh, that sounds this awesome. Is, uh, this is... Um, Indian summertime.
And Broker Talk is also sponsored today by the mighty Realtors of Castles Unlimited, where you get the best real estate offers. Go to castlesunlimited.com for all your real estate needs. And Brian's hungry, so. <laughs> and as long as we still have uh, autumn days that are warm, we'll call it uh, Indian summer. There you go. Time. I, I, I want to go forward with your, your um, um, anniversary issue, but uh, the, it, it, um, your, your point, and it was about you knew what the other person wanted. When you don't, and this is quite often happens in real estate, you don't know what the other person wants. So you have to ask the right questions. And asking the right questions is, is the key. I just passed my 33rd anniversary. My son was visiting with his now fiance. And um, I think in ways of practical things. My wife's a fine arts painter. And I thought, let me get her a boat. Paints are expensive. So I said, let me get her a bunch of paints. We haven't been away. I thought, let me, let's go for away for a weekend. But I asked my son and his fiance, and they both said, nope, get a diamond, <laughs> get jewelry, you know. I haven't decided what I'm gonna get my wife yet. We are going, um, we're going to the Encore in Boston yep. next next weekend to celebrate our anniversary. And I haven't done, done the gamble. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of gambling, but certainly some fine dining. So how, so how do you uh, gamble, let's say, uh, craps or roulette with social distancing? I don't think you can. I think the only thing that you can do is slot machines right now. And I like to play blackjack. Really? Yeah, I'm a blackjack player. I like to play the cards. But it's a beautiful facility, and we'll have a great weekend. That's but if, nice. I could share, if I could share something with the audience about, you know, um, when Larry and I were talking this morning, I used the analogy that if the industry is doing it, I'll go 180 degrees in the other direction. Meaning if the industry is sending out just listed and just sold postcards, I agree. doing pies on Thanksgiving, I'm not doing it. I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want to be, uh, no offense to the industry. It's not that I don't want to be associated because there's a lot of fine people in our industry. However, it's just noise to the public. So one example, if you want listings and you guys are in the business, what if we created a message that, that stopped somebody who was thinking about selling in the area that you wanted to get listings in, in their tracks? It disrupted any conversation that they were having with somebody else. Got them to call you and inquire, would that be a good phone call? But most people think that, well, you know, uh, well, is it going to get me the listing? Well, you need to be able to do step two, convert the call to the appointment, and you need to be able to do step three and acquire the client. All very different languages. But if we were to just talk, if, if we would all, and I'll ask you, would you benefit as a professional real estate agent if you got five or 10 people who were selling their home to call you every week? Hell yeah. So here's here's a freebie, okay? People pay me a lot of money for these crafty little messages. So what's a, what's a market, Jim or Larry, that if I were a genie in a lamp and I could get you a listing inquiry that fast, where they would pick up the phone and call you, forget about this hiding behind email, they will call you. 
We'll get the low-hanging fruit. What's a neighborhood? Would it be in Boston? Would it be in Melbourne? No, do, do Newton, where our office, where our corporate office is. What's the average sales price in Newton? One point three million. So that one of those would be worth a, a yeah. good commission. So let's yeah. get five or six of them so that you get one, yeah. and then we'll improve the skills. So sell your Newton home without listing it for sale. No signs. No open houses. Quick, easy, convenient. Call Larry. Call Jim. Yeah. Okay. I think Sam, so, I think Jim went to go to Penn to write that down. But that's an excellent. Now let me manage everybody's. What was it again? Sell your home. Sell your Newton, your Newton home. home. So we yeah. want to target Newton. I don't want yeah. Melrose, Chelsea calling me. I want Newton. Okay. Yeah. Sell your Newton home without listing it for sale. No signs. No open houses, quick, easy, convenient. Call Jim. No signs, no open houses. That's great. And what was the end of it? Call Jim. Quick, quick, easy, convenient. Quick, easy. Convenient. I like the threes. Quick, easy, convenient. Now, somebody's talking. It was like the savage winner. Quick, easy, convenient. Somebody's talking with ABC company, XYZ company. And that company, that agent, you know, is giving them the long spiel that they'd hear from most agents about, you know, six month contracts, even in a hot market, right? We sign listing agreements. Yeah, that's the problem. How do you how do you get the house sold without listing it? I don't. Okay. I but get we just but we just said without listing it, without listing it for sale. Step one is call. to generate the call. So here's the truth. Oh. In, in a, if the sun, the earth, the moon, and the stars all come into alignment, I've, I work with buyers who are looking in Newton. Maybe, maybe, and I'm not saying I can, Jim, but maybe I can connect you with a buyer. And if I can, I will. And we can do a one-day agreement, sell it, no problem. Now, that's, that's how the call goes. My when concern would be that they would think it's bait and switch. We talked and about this, Larry and I talked about this. Because yeah. I remember, and I think he actually still has a license. He had a good run of success. I'm not gonna mention his name, Newton Broker. And he used to call up back in the day when there was a uh, for sale by owner. Now they're entry only, you know, they, they don't have to even run an ad anywhere because there's nowhere to run it, you know, you don't, advertising the globe Boston Globe anymore or anything like that but he used to say I will sell your house for two and a half percent well and he he didn't say the the other half the sentence unless there's a another buyer bro, uh, another broker working with another buyer then it's five percent but they just said okay uh, two and a half percent that's great yeah so we've got to be able to articulate how it works. And I'm going to tell the seller, and I may have a buyer because I, when I was selling 400 homes a year, we had a team and we had lots of buyers. We had buyers looking in every market in them. And I could match a buyer up with a, a seller. They may or may not buy it. But here's what I do when I get there. I look at the house and I go, hey, Jim, we've got buyers and we can wait, make it nice and convenient for you and sell your home to, to one buyer, we can do that. What's most important to you now that I'm at your house? Getting a fast sale 
or getting the most amount of money? The seller says, well, generally it's money. Oh, well, maybe we shouldn't show it to my one buyer. Can I tell you why? Price is a function of supply and demand. And the more demand you get on your home, the better price you'll receive. Now we have a marketing campaign. We do do open houses and it's not quick. It's not easy. It's not convenient. Frankly, it's a pain in the ass, but it'll put more money in your pocket. Can I show you what that looks like? So what happens in marketing, Jim and Larry, is real estate agents, like many other businesses, they try to do too much in the ad. When I worked for Tony and Chet, Tony Robbins and Chet Holmes at Business Breakthroughs, and we worked for corporations, and I was tasked with the job of increasing lead flow. We worked for an airline, and all these airlines were doing the same things. And I said, hey, if you're all doing the same things, it's noise to the public. Everybody's offering free mileage. Come on our airplane and we'll give you more miles on your credit card. Or, uh, you know, we'll give you a, a standby upgrade. Or they were doing all these crazy kooky offers. Well, I said, hey, what's the lowest airfare in your database to go from point A to point B? And they said, Boston to Richmond's $39. I said, that's the ad. Big winter sale one-way airfares as low as $39. You guys tell me what happened to the number of calls and reservations the next day? Did they go down or did they go up? No, they now, up. 200,000 calls the next week, hmm. measurable, quantifiable. How many $39 airfares did they sell? 10. Not a lot, a few, right? Yeah. So, I can't make a promise that is impossible to fulfill. Right. But if you can make a promise that is not likely to be fulfilled, but could be your fault. No, if you break it down, um, you know, without listing it for sale, well, you, the, you're kind of getting the listing. So that's listing it for sale. Um, maybe it's better to say without, without MLS. Don't, don't mess with it. Don't, let don't mess, mess with, with perfection. Let me give you one example. Has anybody ever called you on a, on a listing and they were looking for a three-bedroom home? I mean, a four-bedroom home, but the home they called on was three bedrooms. Yeah. Is that bait and switch? Do you say, sorry, can't help you? Or do you go, hey, this home's got three bedrooms, but I can help you. The three-bedroom home generated the lead. The sell without listing generated the lead. We can do it that way, but now I'm going to engage them and have a conversation with them about what might be better for them. I'm going to do an assessment. I'm going to have a consultation and I've got a whole bunch of things that they could choose from. So I hope that's helpful. It's that's a little incredibly helpful. helpful. Very well, uh, um, finish us up with goals and standards. Um, you, you have something that you share with your, uh, that we have to have. Well, we, you know, there's a few things that have changed the trajectory of my life. I've been very privileged um, and they sound trite, but they're really important. One is your goals. Okay. So having clear and concise goals, I just worked on mine this week because if I work on them in October, it gives me 15 months into the next year where most people wait till December to start thinking about their goals. And, you know, I dream really, really big. I set bucket lists. I look out into the future. You know, I, 
I just go on a rant and write down stuff that flows through my head. And what happens is thoughts become things. So when I set goals, there's no limitations, no circumstances that could prevent me from getting my goals. It's like a five-year-old at Christmas wanting a new bike. So what's your number one goal, Brian? Because we're going to wrap on that answer. All right. I guess my, my number one goal is to make a difference in the lives of the people that I come in contact with. Yeah. That's my big purpose in life. And, and you can nice. do that through brianmoses.com or brianmosescoaching.com. Yeah, thank you, Larry. Yeah, if they uh, want more information on what we do, they, there's all kinds of data on brianmoses.com or brianmosescoaching.com. Okay, what a great show. Thank you, Brian. Broker Talk is a weekly podcast hosted by real estate industry professionals and always dedicated to telling it like it is. We're teachers of the business and students of the industry. I'm Jim Lowenstern, and my co-host is Larry Lawfer. We both want to thank our guest today, Brian Moses. Any last words, Larry, as the music plays? I, I uh, enjoy having Brian on our, and our conversations today, and I've learned some things. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, guys, for having me.